This podcast is for uh, Catholic young adults, five to ten or however many years out of college, um, that are just you know finding themselves in these in this time of transition. I feel like there can be a lot of there can be a lot of change. There can be a lot of new things that we're trying to learn, and especially when we're trying to integrate our faith life into into this period of um, becoming an actual quote unquote adult. Uh, it can be hard. It can be tough. And I can attest to that because I'm in the same boat as you. So my name is Todd Fernandez. Uh, I will be your host on this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. So I actually am recording this podcast, this episode, uh, funnily enough, after the next three episodes um, have already been recorded. I, uh, in typical Todd Fernandez fashion, procrastinated on recording the intro episode. And I'm leaving for a flight tomorrow at 6 a.m. It is almost midnight. I uh, am just going to shoot this thing into the interwebs. No editing. So, uh, yeah, this is this is what we're doing. But I need this uh, I need this episode. So here I am doing the thing. So, Life After Newman, you might be wondering, where did that name come from, Todd? Well, I'm glad that you asked. So uh, the name Life After Newman uh, refers to the Newman Centers uh, in, you know, college campus ministry um where you're where you go go to school hopefully you have a newman center of some sort so the idea is that once you leave you know your newman center it's life after newman right so i think newman centers are really cool places just to to meet a lot of like-minded catholics and people who share the same faith as you and you always have the community right and i think that's really important in college but once you graduate from college obviously it's it's a little tougher to make friends it's a little harder to build community so um, yeah, life after Newman. So some of the things that we're going to talk about on the show are, you know, the the pesky things that <laughs> we as Catholic adults face, like like finding community. You know, that can be hard to to find people um, once you are out into the into the real world. Being Catholic in a secular workplace, what's it like to have, you know, friends who? This might be one of the times in your life where you're you're meeting a bunch of people from a lot of different faith backgrounds. Um, and maybe this is the first time you've ever done that. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about dating. It's a big topic. I'm sure there'll be multiple episodes about that. And church hopping. Why sometimes Catholic young adult groups are kind of (laughs) awkward. And yeah, so lots of lots of topics. Um, really excited for this podcast and it's, I hope, something that everyone, you know, no matter if you were involved in your Newman Center, uh, whether you're Catholic or not, if you're just kind of checking out this podcast, that hopefully you find a place here and that we're able to give you some friendly advice and give you some hope along the journey. So I'm going to give you uh, just a little snippet about myself, just so you know a little bit about me. I'm sure context will help whenever you just hear my voice and know nothing about me, right? Uh, so, um, I went to Catholic school my whole life until college and I went to the university of Arkansas and that was a really interesting shift for me because I had never been in a situation where I 
didn't have where everyone around me was basically Catholic. So it was a little bit hard at first. I think there were definitely some growing pains. And I remember having, even being afraid to do the sign of the cross in the cafeteria because, you know, this was one of the first times I was really aware of the fact that people around me weren't Catholic. And so, like I said, a lot of growing pains. I think that was really good for me, though, because then I learned how to be more proud about my faith and I and that also forced me to learn more theology right because a lot of my friends who are Protestants would ask me stuff that I didn't really I just knew but I never really knew how to defend um, so at the beginning of college it was kind of hard for me but at the towards the end I started to really appreciate kind of putting a target on my back you know because I'm I was realizing realizing a lot of my friends um, had never even met a Catholic before and if they had it was sometimes it was a negative experience so um, hopefully I, I wanted to be a a vessel of a good example, you know, that Catholics aren't, you know, we're not bad people. <laughs> sometimes, you know, sometimes there are not great Catholics, and hopefully we would uh, be able to judge groups by the best of the characters. But, you know, I I just wanted to be hopefully a good example to those people, you know, whether or not this was their first Catholic person that they had met. Um, so after college, I went to veterinary school. And ended up not really liking it very much. I actually struggled a lot in um, trusting the Lord through that whole process. I had originally wanted to go to medical school, but kind of got cold feet, was doubting myself a lot. And so I ended up going to veterinary school. And yeah, it was hard. I remember being there and, and, you know, realizing I didn't really like it and just going to the chapel every single night and praying that God would show me what to do because I felt like it wasn't. It wasn't veterinary school. And slowly but surely, I think just those nights in the chapel, um, there was one night in adoration that I just felt Jesus say, ask me, if you left veterinary school, would you regret it? And I said, no. And then I had my answer. I had this peace come over me, and I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. So I left veterinary school, and now I'll be starting medical school in the fall. So praise God. Uh, yeah, so that's a little bit about me. I uh, am excited to start this podcast with you guys um really want like i said to have everyone have a place in this um hopefully you were able to take something good away from this or or maybe just something to listen to on your drive to work who knows whatever that's good too uh so um i wanted to end this just in a little bit of a uh, a little bit of um this quote that i heard I used to work at the Pines Catholic camp shout out to the Pines um that someone at the Pines told me this idea of trust over clarity and actually this relates back to kind of my journey in veterinary school so um a trust over clarity basically means that you are you know in your decisions of life in your discernment or what have you you're putting more stock into your trust than putting more effort in than you know putting effort into finding clarity right so I think of Peter walking on the water, right? Like he was walking on the water. He had all the clarity, right? He was literally, his feet were on top of the water. But he, when he started to lack trust, that's when he started to sink. So I think about my time in veterinary school of, you know, wanting that clarity really, really bad, but really wasn't really trusting the Lord. I just really wanted him to tell me what to do. And I think through those nights in the chapel, after studying every single night, um, the trust was building slowly. And, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, obviously, but I could really see the Lord teaching me how to trust in those moments. And I thought that was 
really cool. And so um, I think a message of hope for hopefully for you guys is that, you know, if you're in a time of transition, if you're trying to figure stuff out and you're really looking for clarity, I would really encourage you to just trust and just take, you know, one step at a time, day by day, and say yes to the Lord in whatever ways you can. I think a lot about Mary, right, in her in her fiat, how she had no clarity. You know, the angel came and was like, hey, you're going to have the Savior of the world, peace. And there was no instruction manual. You know, there was not like a, okay, you have to make sure he prays every day and make sure he has like a really good 40 time or something, something like that. It was just, no, nope, you're going to, you know, you're going to have Jesus and okay, see ya. And and her fiat is just, okay, behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. Let it happen. And I, I just really love praying uh, the rosary and, and meditating on that mystery in particular because of that reason, right? Because of trust. I think her trust is so, um, oh, it's just so awesome. We love Mary. Okay, well, I should probably go to sleep. Like I said, I have a flight in the morning. Ooh, actually, one more thing. I realized that a lot of podcasts have slogans, like catchphrases and stuff. So I'm just going to join the bandwagon, bandwagon and I'm going to have my own. So uh, another quote that I heard, actually, I made this up. I didn't hear this. Ooh. I, uh, I'm, like I said, I'm going to medical school and I love the idea of hearts. I think hearts are really cool and how they're just, I don't know, they pump your blood through your body and basically keep you alive. I think it's just so cool. And and I think a lot about like medicine in, in relation to uh, God's love for us, right? And how literally if, if God stops thinking about us, loving us in any second, our hearts will stop, right? We'll just disappear. We cease to exist. So I'm really comforted by the fact that, you know, the fact that I'm alive means that there's still something for me to do, right? God still has a plan for me. So this quote, um, I don't know if it came in prayer. I can't remember the context of it, but essentially it's, Every heartbeat is proof that God is not done with you yet. Basically meaning, you know, every time your heart beats, it's a it's proof that God still has good work for you to do. So that's my catch line. That's my slogan. I will leave you guys with that. Every heartbeat is proof that God is not done with you yet. Okay, this is a real goodbye. I need to go to sleep. Good night.